CM Punk and Daniel Bryan to AEW. Plus, we have news that Thunder Rosa is going to AEW. A couple debuts on Dynamite this week. And we talk about it all next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, big news in the world of professional wrestling over the last 24 to 48 hours. And one is CM Punk is in talks with AEW to be signing. At least that's according to Fightful Select. And according to Bodyslam.net, Daniel Bryan signed. And he should be debuting at the Arthur Ashe Show in September in New York. Your thoughts? What a time to be alive. Who would have been... Let's go back four years ago. Let's go back to when CM Punk decided he was going to walk away from wrestling. There was not even a That was whiff. seven years ago. That wasn't four years I, ago. I know, that was seven I, years I, ago. I'm giving, I'm giving you the three years. I'm saying let's go back four. Mm-hmm. I mean, AEW wasn't... There was not even a whiff. I mean, I know people wanted and were longing for change or something different and an alternative. But to see what's going on so quickly, that, that's, that's the thing that is most surprising to me. The decline, I would say, in in the in WWE or really kind of the fascination with AEW and just some of the things that they've been able to do. I mean, I, I know that Tony Khan's family comes from money. Tony Khan mm-hmm. comes from money. But right. it, it's amazing to see how quickly they've gotten to this point and just kind of how disappointed, I guess, fans have been in WWE product and, and just longing for an alternative to see that. There is now an alternative and not just an alternative to WWE, but they're signing legitimate talent. And I just want to go back mm-hmm. to one thing. Right. When AEW first came to fruition, we had mm-hmm. a, I'm, whatever our conversation was, I don't know exactly that, that episode, it, probably one of our first, to be honest. But I said, one of the biggest things in terms of competition is going to be the stuff that happens behind, behind the scenes, stuff that you don't even see, not the ratings, not all the stuff that people are talking about on Twitter, not viewership, not all the stuff that people see on the surface. Mm-hmm. It's about contracts. It's about talent. And right now, Tony Khan is about to land two guys that can significantly change, in his words, change the landscape of the pro- professional wrestling as we see it. Um, this is huge news, especially considering you know CM Punk, who is a guy who who walked away from wrestling because he just seemed burnt out. He said all along he was done with it. If he is truly coming back... Obviously, AEW is is touching in something and they've got their hand on some type of pulse that's drawing him out of retirement. And obviously, Daniel Bryan, I'm sure WWE, knowing that he was probably going to test the waters and see what kind of contract AEW would offer him, I'm sure they threw boatloads of money into him, especially Mm -hmm. considering he's a guy that was, you know, extremely over during his WrestleMania 30 push. So, um, and not only that, he was in the main event of this year's WrestleMania. Yeah. Because yeah. they felt like they had to add him to this triple threat match. Yeah, he, and that, that's the thing. I mean, some people were tweeting, you know, I know, I know WWE fans uh, were, were obviously upset with the news and they were trying to diminish it by saying, ah, oh, Daniel Bryan, so what? It's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. He's a big name. Mm-hmm. He was one of the biggest draws uh, during that time, during the Yes movement. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. was cut short due to injury. But, you know, this is a guy who was main eventing right before he left the WWE. So it's not like... WWE, they're only saving grace to save face with that is to say what? Oh, well, you know, the guy that left Roman beat him. You know, I, I, they could say that similar to mm-hmm. how they tried to diminish Paul Heyman, tried to diminish Christian going to AEW. And that's not, I'm not saying yeah. that's a bad thing. It's just, you know, obviously as, as AEW gains popularity, they remain competitive, sign guys from uh, WWE and top talent from all over the world. It's going to get a little more chippy along the way. So uh, not all that surprised by that. 
Now, I recently said on an episode that we just did where we were talking whether or not Vince would regret releasing Malachi Black and Andrade. And I said, he's never going to regret letting someone walk or have their contract expire or release them unless they become the next Hall and Nash. Punk and Daniel Bryan are the next Hall and Nash if that is landed. If CM Punk shows up at All Out and Daniel Bryan shows up at the Arthur Ashe show, that's huge. That is your Razor Diesel going to WCW as Hall and Nash. Yeah, because you're not talking about guys that you can look at like, okay, Malachi Black, Aleister Black, whatever you want to call him. We saw a at least a glimpse of how good he can potentially be in NXT because I know people like to quote unquote drag Triple H quite frequently for, for NXT and all those types of things. But look, not too long ago, NXT was one of the very best promotions in the world. Uh, Top tier talent, some really good feuds going back to champion Gargano. Um, and Aleister Black was a main event player there. He unfortunately went to the main roster. He mm-hmm. wasn't positioned as a top guy. The right. difference here is you have two guys, Daniel Bryan, who was always really positioned for the last, I don't know, uh, let's say 10 years as a top guy. And CM Punk, who was, you know, really on the top and decided to walk away. I mean, you had Cena and right beneath him, you had Punk. And there really wasn't anybody else at that level other than maybe Daniel Bryan, who got hurt. Right. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. this this is huge because it is two top tier talent who have a following, um, are recognizable, and and that's what AEW needs to do to remain competitive and continue to grow. Right now, the question is: once they come, if they come and they show up on Dynamite, where do you book? Where do you have them do first? Do you put them right in the the main event title picture, yeah. or do you give them a, a semi main headline pay per view match? What do you do with them? Um, well, I think that either of them certainly could go right to the main event and challenge Kenny Omega. And I know that, again, that's kind of one of those back and forth narratives that, you know, oh, well, WWE always uses the older guys and, you know, they come back, they challenge for titles. But, you know, like I've said so many times, this is still a business. This is entertainment. You know, at the end of the day, it's about eyeballs on the screen and you have Mm -hmm. two recognizable guys and Tony Mm -hmm. Khan would be silly to to not utilize their their fandom and the following that they have and the buzz that they're going to generate to his to to, to his ability the best of his ability you know so um yeah I, in my opinion they got to go right to the main event you know if they're not going to challenge for a title they should be right there in the main event picture and regardless of standings and regardless of rankings and wins and losses when you have guys like that they need to be positioned to feel important Exactly. And that they need to be put in that position, in my opinion, and they, they need to take advantage of their fandom. Right. I agree. And anybody that uses the age argument for anybody, ah. regardless of promotion, that really has to stop because that, that top title goes to the most marketable wrestler, not the best wrestler, not the youngest wrestler, the most marketable. So yeah. seeing Cena going after Roman and Goldberg going after Lashley right now, I mean, it sucks that we got to see, you know, these guys have to come out and boost ratings, but right now no one else is doing it. And if Punk and Daniel Bryan come out, they could, they could be the two that lead to those raw and SmackDown type ratings. So you got to put them in that main event picture because they're going to be marketable. Those are the guys that are going to get the uh, somewhat casual attraction that maybe some of the other, you know, guys like maybe an Andrade or an Aleister Black. They're really good in the ring. The hardcore fan know who knows who they are. They'll follow them. But 
they're not going to have that mainstream kind of reach that these guys are going to have. I think you said you were listening to the other day, a local radio station, WFAN, and they were mm-hmm. already talking about CM Punk. I mean, ESPN right. ran a story on it. So, you know, that's a big deal. That's free marketing. That's that. That's what you want. So um, at the end of the day, even though we're all pro wrestling fans and we all want to be entertained based on what's happening in the ring and we all want to see a good match, it's not star ratings that this is about. It's about growing your product. It's about getting eyeballs to the screen, T-shirt sales, ticket sales. It is still very much a business. It is about uh, bringing in revenue streams, and you're not going to be able to do that just based on star ratings, based on matches with some indie guys that can go out there and put on good matches. So Tony Khan has to absolutely take advantage of, if Mm -hmm. if he truly has these guys under contract, they need to be right in the main event picture. Right, exactly. And I just tweeted out before uh, we went on the air here, you know, the wrestling industry is in good shape right now. If you're a fan of WWE, great. If you're a fan of AEW, great. If you're a fan of both, awesome. But if you're going to use ratings to, you know, go back and forth on one or the other, F the F off because, you know, just, just be a wrestling fan, enjoy the shows. And this just makes it even bigger on how great the industry is going. So, but let's move on. Another bit of news here, Ralph, uh, involving the all elite wrestling roster. And that is Thunder Rosa has officially signed with all elite wrestling. Big, big addition here to the women's division already doing a lot there. And now no, I mean, I guess exclusively with all elite wrestling as she got the all elite graphic uh, today. What are your thoughts on this signing officially? Uh, It's, it's definitely huge. A big boost for the women's division, AEW. I think that it's good, especially because, you know, right now you got, Britt Baker, who seems to be on top of the world. And if there's one person who we've seen that's going to be like her nemesis or her Achilles heel or even somebody that she's going to feud with, if you want to compare it to like uh, Charlotte and Rhea, Charlotte and and Becky, it seems like Thunder Rosa is more than capable of being that individual. So Mm -hmm. um, I I have no issue with that. I think that it's a great signing for them and it it just helps kind of solidify or at least helps the women's division um, because she is very good. I I agree. She's definitely a big... Big signing for them, not just for what she could do in the ring, but also out of the ring. She's been doing stuff with commentary with AEW for the Spanish speaking commentary. She's been bringing in some of her wrestlers from her promotion that she has, the indie promotion that she does. So she's bringing in women wrestlers there. And she was also doing that for NWA. Now, if she signed exclusively to AEW, what does that mean for her in NWA? I'm assuming her time is done there. And that's a huge, huge loss for NWA. More than it is a big signing for AEW, it's a huge loss for NWA, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the crazy thing with this, right? Because you look at it, and everybody's always celebrating, like, oh, AEW is working with everybody. They're working with everybody. But, yeah, they're working that with everybody, but they're also kind of taking some talent, too. You know, I've noticed that. Thunder Rosa, Brian Cage, uh, guys like that, girls like that. I'm sure there's others that I can name. Yes, mm-hmm. they're willingly working with other promotions like Impact and all of and. and other companies, but you know, they're, they're not shy about taking talent if they really want them to. And I think in this circumstance, they bought out her contract. I don't know um, the semantics of it and the uh, legalities of it, whatever. But if that's the case where they bought it out, that, that could be like, you know, some other guys could be coming too. If Tony Khan's willing to buy out contracts from yeah. impact or NWA, that, that's not a great sign for these partnerships, but who knows? Sounds Maybe like they, a future episode. It could be, but I'm sure people will comment on this. I'm interested to see, but that it didn't stop there, Ralph, because we had two debuts on AEW Dynamite last night. 
We had, after the opening match of Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears, his first match of five leading to MJF. His next match is going to be next week in a no-DQ match. Nick Effin Gage. And then later on in the show, we saw that Andrade's only been on AEW Dynamite, what, three weeks, three times? And he's already changing managers. So now Chavo Guerrero is his executive consultant. Which were you more surprised about, Nick Gage or Chavo Guerrero? Chavo, for sure. I told you, I said, like, when that when that episode came out on uh, the dark side of the ring on Nick Gage, I told you they were going to position him and have him come to AEW. So that a long time ago. So I... Mm-hmm. I I didn't expect it to happen last night. I didn't expect it to be against Jericho. I thought it was going to be setting something up with Moxley, which I still think we're going to get. Um, but Chavo, I mean, I haven't seen Chavo do much of anything since he left the WWE. He might have had a sit in TNA that I don't know about. I don't, I don't know. Seems like yeah. everybody went there at some point. But um, yeah, so, so Chavo, that was uh, an interesting surprise. And, and uh, Nick Gage there, too. Uh, again, I didn't anticipate it being last night, uh, so I was surprised in that sense. But I, I kind of had a, I kind of had an idea that he would end up there eventually. Yeah, I'm surprised with Chavo and pairing him with Andrade. First off, you already yeah. tried to you already tried to pair him with Vicky Guerrero, and I don't know if it was because there was backlash with with fans that they didn't really adapt, they didn't really like the pairing of Andrade and Vicky, so they went with Chavo instead. But I don't remember Chavo being much of a promo guy, and now he's going to be Andrade's mouthpiece. Well, Eddie Guerrero, when, when they were, um, and I, I can't even remember the, was it just, were they the Guerreros? They, yeah, they, they were just they, Los the Guerreros. Yeah, so. Los Guerreros. Um, you know, Eddie was obviously the more charismatic one of the two, but he's, he's right. an all-time great. I mean, Chavo, you know, he, he was never really positioned to be the top guy in WWE or WCW for that matter. But um, I don't know. I, let's Let's see where this goes. I mean, some guys kind of come from out of nowhere with, with their abilities sometimes in their, their older age. And when they're given opportunities like this, I mean, Don Callis, uh, I like the work he's doing now. He was always pretty good on the mic, but I didn't really expect him to be as good as he is right now in the role that he's doing. So who knows? Right. And I mean, last night, I, I think if there was a low point on dynamite last night, it that was segment. that on that segment was probably it. Like Chavo, Chavo was decent. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad promo. I just never knew him as a promo guy. Yeah. But there was, you know, maybe it's just because I don't speak Spanish. It kind of threw me off. And like, they're going back and forth on Spanish and English and English and Spanish. So it kind of just zoned me out of it. But I mean, the crowd was into it and the crowd was pretty hot last night. So I can't, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And they were big on Nick Gage too. When he was announced as MJF's next uh, labor or whatever they're calling it. They were, they were for it. I'm, I'm interested to see how much he's going to be able to do next week on Dynamite against Jericho because it's one thing doing an independent show and you bring out light bulbs and you're ready to kill David Arquette in a match. Yeah. It's different when you're on national television. You can't do most of the stuff. And are they going to let him have free reign in that ring? Uh, probably based on some of the matches I've seen him have on YouTube, I don't, I don't think he's going to get away with a lot of it, but I mean, if, if last night's main event between Archer and Moxley is any indication, I think that he'll be just fine. It's just interesting that it's going to be all people Jericho, like, yeah, at least he's bringing the uh, pain maker back. So at least there's some storyline and make it somewhat even character wise, at least. And I'm glad MJF, MJF did build him up like, oh, he, he stabbed the guy in the jugular once. He robbed a bank. 
You know, they, they made him without a mask. Like they're making it seem like this guy is a legit badass and doesn't give a crap, you know? And even, uh, JR's like, I thought this man was in jail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, no. And MJF was good on commentary too. I thought. Yeah, he was, he was very good, but you know, you brought up Moxley and Archer and that was one of two championship matches last night on AEW Dynamite. One of them being Britt Baker, who retained the women's championship. But Lance Archer beats John Moxley for the IWGP United States title. Now, I don't know if this counts in the records for AEW, but if it does, this is the first time Moxley has been beaten in AEW by someone other than Kenny Omega. This is a big win for, for Lance Archer. Big win for a guy that needed it. I mean, he's, yes. he's, a, he's a big guy. He came from, obviously, New Japan Pro Wrestling with mm-hmm. a pretty big following, and he was one of the bigger signings at the time, and it was just like they, they couldn't really do much with him. They couldn't figure out what they wanted to do with him. Yeah. Um, but hopefully last night is a step in the right direction, and they really try to utilize him in the right way because um, he's a big guy. He's really talented, and, uh, you know, last night was a battle between those two. So It really was, and they, you know, they brought it, the physicality. They brought the weapons. There was good storyline telling. Commentary brought up, you know, the death match and how match, the match was won and lost or whatever. They did a really good job with that, and, you know, the, the win – and title change, a new Japan title changed hands on AEW Dynamite. Yep. So we talk about partnerships. That's a huge one. And, you know, um, New Japan's doing the, an American show in Los Angeles in, in August. Moxley's, um, Moxley is advertised for that. Archer's not. So now does Archer go there to try to bring in more tickets than, you know, as Moxley's supposed to? And some of the other big names, Jay White is on the card too. So... Are, are they? Do they book a rematch for that resurgence show for New Japan? Uh, it's possible. I mean, those two obviously have a history from from some of the matches they've already had. So, and it, it's a New Japan show, you said, right? Yes. So they already have the history from New Japan having faced each other in New Japan previously. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Yeah, I think that's really where it goes down to. And I don't know if Moxley gets it back, and they do, you know, back and forth, fifty fifty booking. Uh, with Moxley and Archer, but uh, I'm I'm happy for Archer with the win. Britt Baker beating Nyla Rose, on the other hand, we talk about, you know, we don't know what they were doing with Lance Archer. I don't know what they're doing Nyla Rose. You she know? loses, like, every meaningful match she's ever been in. She um, does. I, I feel like we've seen it a million times with her. They don't, they don't know how to book her. Um, you know, I don't even know if she should have been in the one that should have been in that match because it's like, you know... She's obviously unique based on her size for the women's division, but they don't really position her to be like a Mm -hmm. dominant force. She's just another woman in the division who loses quite frequently, especially in big matches. So yeah, um, it was what it was. I mean, mean, whatever. I wasn't really all that into it anyway, to be honest with you. Right. I don't want to throw around that B word because that word gets thrown around pretty quickly, like in two minutes by a roll up. But uh, I, you know what? It's getting close because she keeps losing all these big matches. Can you really make her, does she feel relevant in that women's division? Now, some other things that we could talk about in AEW Dynamite, we had Orange Cassidy go over on the blade. We had Doc Gallows go over on Frankie Kazarian. They put, you know, put up some big matches for next week. What were some of the other uh, highlights that you had for AEW Dynamite this week? Um, well, a couple of the things that you mentioned. So obviously Frankie Kazarian, I don't feel like he should have lost that match. I think that they've done a fairly decent job kind of portraying that 
whole elite killer, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, gimmick that he's been working on, you know, not just on like YouTube, like actually putting it on yes. the, uh, on, on, uh, on television, on dynamite. So that way the fans actually know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he took the loss. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, we could talk about the shin kicks with sting. If you really want me to get into oh that, my God. Uh, I know people have been saying I've been the face of the show. Uh, and, and there's been a face turn for me. So I don't know if we want to bring that up. It's a sensitive subject. Um, but it was stupid. Know. Say it. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was stupid. They should not be playing shin kicks with sting. Say it, say it, you baby say it. Not going to do it. I'm a changed man. I'm the, I'm the good guy of the, of the podcast. Now it oh, was fuck stupid. It. That was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That was beyond stupid. You've got a 62-year-old man. Well, first of all, let me get into this. Here we go. Now I'm in the zone. <laughs> Darby Allen. What did Darby Allen do last week? Can you refresh uh, my memory? He was in the main event winning a coffin match over Ethan Page. Okay. Uh, can you remind me what Jungle Boy was doing a couple of weeks ago? He was in a fairly prominent position a couple of weeks ago in a big spot. No? Yes, he was in the main event challenging for the AEW Championship against Kenny Omega. A lot of fans there, right? That was a big show for them. Uh, that was one of the first shows back with fans. Yes. Okay. Where was Jungle Boy last night? Uh, he had a backstage video segment promoting their match next week mm. as Christian Cage, uh, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus will be in a six-man tag against Angelico and Private Party. Okay. Who did Darby work with last night? Uh, Wheeler Yuta. Who main evented last week and had the highest rated segment? Uh, that would be Darby Allen and Ethan Page. You think AEW is trying to capitalize on that? Or you think maybe they're kind of missing the boat just a tad? Let it play out because maybe this is a seed planted for Darby versus Orange Cassidy in a feud because, because Darby, you know, when this whole shin kick thing going back and forth, Darby looks out like, Sting, what the hell are you doing? And almost lost due to a roll-up. I can't wait to see the American Dragon doing some shin kicks to the final countdown. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. What'd you think of the What'd you think of the show overall, though? Uh, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be when I looked at it on paper. I didn't have a lot of hope. I'll be honest with you. The most surprising thing was the viewership from last night. I thought they were good. I thought that last week um, was a really heavily kind of um, promoted show with a lot of big matches with a lot of big moments that were going to happen. Um, and I felt like they were, they were kind of coming off a couple of different things, but you know, Alistair Black made his debut though a couple of weeks prior to that. And he had the confrontation with Cody and all those things. So I felt like last week was going to be a big number. And then this week's numbers came in and those were even good over a million viewership. So I, it went up from last week. I I was, uh, I was surprised, but you know what? That's encouraging because you want to see that you don't want to see the numbers kind of bounce all around. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, good for them. I guess we'll kind of see what happens from here. I thought it was a, a, a better show than I thought it was going to be just based on looking at it on paper. Right. I agree. It was a better show. I mean, there wasn't really much promoted and the matches that were promoted, you're like, eh, I don't really know about that. But yeah, and you know who stood out to me? I think most who's that? Uh, somebody who I felt like had a pretty decent match and, you know, based on the stuff he was doing in the match, it seemed to all make sense. Um, that would be Sean Spears. And yes. he's a guy that I was like, usually it's like, all right, well, what are they going to do with this guy? But Little things, the way he like in in MJF even pointed this out, like the way he like trapped Jericho's arm, the injured arm, as mm-hmm. he was kind of working on Jericho there, just little shit like that. I I like that, you know. So it all made sense to me, right? And that was probably other than the death match, that was probably the best match of the night. And 
I'm like I will I'll agree with you on paper that didn't seem like a good show, but they they segmented the show in a way where all the important ratings draws on AEW were on a different segment each quarter hour. You know, so it started with Jericho, and then you had Frankie Kazarian versus Doc Gallus, which led to Hangman and and Kenny at the end of that segment. Then you had uh, Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. You had Orange Cassidy, and like any every segment had someone important on the show. And even in the little backstage segments, you had Christian Cage, you had FTR and Santana and Ortiz. That was a that was a good little uh, press conference segment. Even though it was short, it was still good. Uh, and of course, the main event with Moxley and Archer was good. So overall, good show. Definitely exceeded my expectations. So, but what do you guys think of AEW Dynamite this week? Where does CM Punk and Daniel Bryan end up in the AEW plans? And let us know your thoughts of Thunder Rosa in the comments below. Subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.